0: This is the Talking DT Podcast, episode 32. Welcome to the Talking DT Podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas, and opinions about DT. Okay, so this week's podcast has come from a Twitter conversation I had a couple of weeks ago with a number of people when, first of all, it started with Liam calling me out, Liam Anderson, that is, calling me out and saying, on, Alison, uh, can you recommend some books for design and technology teachers to read? Now, he he mentioned a few other people in the first tweet and uh, several people got back to him. But it was a Friday and I was tired. And 14 tweets later, I think I'd made several points about what to read and how to choose what to read. So for those of you who aren't on social media, I thought I'd share some of the views and opinions that I had given in that. I can't even say it's a conversation because it was just me tweeting one after the other after the other on a Friday. So it starts off with Liam asking, so what are the books to read? So I'm going to Make no bones about making a plug for the fourth edition of the Learning to Teach Design and Technology book, which comes out in September. I might have mentioned it in a previous podcast. But even if you are a practicing teacher and well-established, I'd recommend it. There's there's really good people in that book. and um, There's some really interesting perspectives. We've got some new perspectives in the books. So if you've got one of the first three editions, you're missing out if you don't have the fourth. Got some new authors writing in there Matt McLean, um, Steve Curl, Rebecca Topps, Suzanne Norris. They've not contributed to the previous editions. So you're getting some new insights from different people about design and technology. So that's the first book I would recommend. Then there's a new book out by, edited by David Barlex, and it's about pedagogy in design and technology. It's out by Springer. Um, There's lots of chapters in there from international authors, very well-respected people in the field of design and technology. The the one caution I have about it, it it is expensive. Okay, So if your school's got a bit of a budget, that might be the place to be asking them to um, pay for that, that copy. You can download chapters and pay for individual chapters. Um, But I think that's going to be a really good book and there'll be a review of that book coming up later in the year in the Design and Technology Education International Journal um, about that book to give you a better insight. The other book I'd recommend is um, the Debates in Design and Technology book and that is quite an old book now, it was published in 2013, it was the first edition then, Gwyneth Owen Jackson edited it. It was a replacement to a book that some of you may, who've been around teaching for a while longer, may remember, called Issues in Design and Technology. Um, I'm going to make another plug. I'm just writing the proposal for the second edition. I mentioned it a couple of um, podcasts ago, podcast episodes ago, and I'm currently working out what are the new debates. Some people have emailed me, so thanks very much. If you've got any other ideas, please do drop me an email about what you see as the debates in design and technology that we need to be discussing and are worthy or need a chapter or an area to be discussed in that book. The other places that I would look is um, Loughborough Design Press. Um, Eddie's been on the podcast a few times. He's mentioned Loughborough Design, Design Press. Those books are really affordable from a range of different people. I've had Paul Carney on the podcast previously talking about drawing um, and I think that's a really good book. I mean, it's £9. It's a really accessible price book. And then um, there's the Design Epistemology book. And then other, other there's a whole load of books within that range. I remember talking to a head of department in Nottingham when we talked about the Loughborough Design Press. And the next time I was him, we said, I've bought them all. Um, so they they are really different. I did put a Facebook post out a while back with some different books that I would recommend Um, And a good person to maybe chat to about new books, I hope she doesn't mind me mentioning her here, is Gemma Taylor up at the STEM Centre. I know that the STEM Centre have got a good range of design and technology books that you could um, take inspiration from. Suzanne Lawson and Sue Wood Griffiths um, published a book last September that is for mentors um, in design and technology. So if you're in a school and you're mentoring a student teacher or a newly qualified beginning teacher... um, then that's a really good book. It's got lots of different chapters, again, written by really um knowledgeable people in the field. I-, I feel really embarrassed now, having said that, because I've written a chapter in that book and I'm not necessarily claiming to be the most knowledgeable, but what I wrote about I know about. Um, you know, there's a link to that on my website and I think there's a discount code as well. So if you go to work, you find resources and then there's a page uh, about the mentoring book. And I think there's a discount code that's still valid. um, And there's some other resources that I've put on related to my chapter. But, you know, Suzanne and Sue wrote a a cracking book there that's for design and technology teachers. They edited that um, with some brilliant contributions from people across design and technology. So that's a couple of books. Then if you want to start thinking about reading around about the subject matter, the subject content of design and technology, then really the world's your oyster. Um, I don't think that was really the question that we were being asked on Twitter about design and technology. It was about design and technology education books. But I'd be looking around at books around design theory, around materials. And I know we can get stuff on the internet. I know we can get blog posts. We can get BBC stuff and everything. And they are a really good place to start. But some of the books that are published are reviewed before they are published. So, for example, this debates book that I'm currently writing the proposal for, I'll write the proposal and then it will go out to a number of people to review. I won't know who they are and they will give me feedback on that book proposal and then I'll make amendments on the proposal based on their feedback. When the chapters are being written um, as a group, we will peer review each other's chapters And also some of the chapters will be sent off to the series editors to get some feedback. So it goes through a really rigorous process. The difference is that when you start reading blog posts and YouTube videos, you have to check out who the author is. And that's not to decry the credibility of those different authors, but you do need to check that out, which is why a few weeks ago I talked about different journal articles, because again, they go through that whole review process of people within the field just saying, oh well, but you've missed this, or I, I think you've taken a, uh, you may maybe misunderstood or a wrong slant on this, or what about this aspect? So it adds to the richness of the book. So that's why I'm a big fan of of published books from reputable publishing houses. Somebody asked me uh, very specifically about whether there was a book about from design and technology or somebody in design and technology about a particular. Um, aspect of pedagogy that's obviously making the rounds at the moment in in education. Well that's the assumption I'm making because it's something I didn't know about which you know I really find quite shocking to share that information that I I don't know everything about everything that's happening in the world of education. Um, But somebody had posted so what about where could I find something to read about um, design and technology's interpretational perspective on tiered vocabulary lists I think it was. Now I know that there are different publishing companies that are producing a whole range of books around education at the moment that are responding to new ideas new agendas and so on and you know read them get hold of them but I would like I would with any book express a word of caution who's the author who's the editor how knowledgeable are they what's their experience in that field or are they just sharing a perspective of something that they've done in their school their classroom so I think we've got to be careful sometimes when we go looking for instruction about a new idea that we've seen or that's been pushed in our school our education establishment or wherever and just question what's the big idea behind it what's that all about and in my uh, twitter conversation with my own a couple of weeks ago I mentioned that some people might talk of these as fads. You know, they're really of the moment. You know, we see that in designed products. They're of the moment. Um, I'm going to use a really harsh word of gimmick. I'm not saying that these ideas about pedagogy are gimmicks, but they, some of them are of the moment. We have to test them out, first of all. But I think, And I think the way to do that is to ask ourselves, so what's underneath it? What's underneath that idea or that strategy? what's it what's it actually all about so I was looking back to when I was in the classroom when I was teaching um and also when I first started being involved in teacher education 10 years ago what were the things that were coming up um in schools in design and technology lessons so so this was one that is that is still used um that is has, has got a particular intention so you know, one of the things that was mentioned quite a lot in sort of the early 2010s was around lollipop sticks. So you have a class of children and each lollipop stick has a child's name on it. And so if you're going to ask a question, you you draw out a lollipop stick and then you get an idea about um, make sure you've asked everybody in the class a question because then all lollipop sticks are gone from the tub. Or you can group them and say, well, this group of children that you planned it are going to be answered these questions and so on. Now, that would come up as a recommendation of something to do. But what we had to think about was, so that's just a strategy, not just a strategy, that's not to belittle it as a, as, a, as a way of something to do in a lesson. But actually, what that strategy was about underneath it, the big idea, was about inclusivity in one way, making sure you're not asking the same children questions repeatedly but was also about planning your lessons to think about who you were going to ask which type of questions to. And also then helping you to think about planning your lessons for scaffolding. Sort of, you know, and, and encouraging the children to think deeper by deliberately asking different groups to focus on different questions and using the lollipop sticks to, to organise that. So that's what I mean by... When we look at new ideas are out at the moment, and books are coming out really quickly, and suddenly lots of people are writing blog posts and and doing podcasts about them. Like this, we have to question what's the big idea around it. What's the what's the concept that we can unpick that actually maybe has been there for a long time? Because I remember when the new National Curriculum for Design and Technology came out in two thousand and. 13, 14, started to be taught in 2014. And there was a whole thing about iterative design and loads of materials were coming out about it. And I remember talking with colleagues who'd been in the design and technology education profession for a lot longer than I had and saying, but that's been around forever. This idea of revisiting, redeveloping our ideas, this cyclical spiral approach has has never gone away. That's that's always been there. It just has now this new-ish label. So that's what I mean, is that we have to think, but what's going on when we do iterative design? It's about encouraging children to develop, rethink, reframe their ideas, not just coming up with one idea, but actually, as we do in good design and technology education, encouraging children to draw on different aspects of their knowledge and experience and skills to develop and refine their idea as i talked about a few weeks ago to a resolution so what started off in twitter on twitter as a so alison what do you recommend i read ended up in a well we have to think about the big ideas and the concepts because sometimes these aren't new ideas these things that we're asking to read about sometimes they are just presented with a different label. So that's my main focus for this week's session. Um, I'm going to give, a, give another plug. I've, I think I've given three plugs so far in this podcast episode about different books. Um, you'll have heard uh, Eddie talk last week um, about knowledge. That's the final one in the series from Eddie. And I talked a little bit about a book that we're developing um, that is now available on my website and Eddie's website. If you sign up to my newsletter, you will be receiving notification about that. You will get the password to be able to see that. So that's a plug for my newsletter and the book. And if you get the newsletter, you'll um, be first to hear about a new project that I'm putting my toe in the water with and trying out. And hopefully some of you will sign up and take part in. Anyway, as ever, thanks for listening. If you've got other books that you would like to recommend um, that I can add to the list, then please feel free. And finally, I want to say thank you very much to everybody who listened to the uh, unplanned or unscheduled, shall we say, podcast a couple of weeks ago, Decolonising the d Curriculum. It had a huge uh, download rate, in the in the first couple of days quicker than any podcast that I'd done before. So I'd obviously uh hit a moment. Um and and I know that people on Twitter um and on Facebook started to recommend things. Somebody else started a, a great um uh Facebook thread before I got the podcast out. She started the um conversation and people have since posted loads and loads of things on there. And I think that was a, that was an absolutely fantastic conversation so that was anna brindle i'm going to give her a name check and um, she started that conversation on facebook and loads of people have posted loads of resources about decolonising the dnt curriculum i've put some of them on a web page on my website i'm trying to kind of curate those when i get a chance um, so please feel free to download those share them and send me any thoughts about suggestions of what could be added to that list i hope you find it useful and that's it. I am definitely now going to finish. Thanks for listening. And if you've got any comments or feedback, as ever, you can contact me via my website, alisonhardy.work or on Twitter at hardy underscore allison. You've been listening to the Talking d podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at hardy underscore allison Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening.